Hi there, this is Terry, the host of the Animation Industry Podcast, and I really can't believe that I've been running this podcast for nearly three years every single week. This chat is with Justin Wig, a senior animator with close to 15 years of experience in the industry, mostly at Blue Sky as a character lead and now at Illumination MacGuff. He's animated on movies like Spies in Disguise, Rio the Peanuts movie and Ice Age 3, and on the side he's also a teacher at Anim School teaching Class 5 on character performance. And if all this animation wasn't enough for you, he is also a stop-motion hobbyist doing that on the side. So, in our chat, Justin is going to share what it was like going through the closure at Blue Sky, his experience as a CG character animator, and how he got into the industry in the first place. So now, without further ado, let's jump in. Hi, Justin. Hey, how's it going? Podcast. How are you? Good, thanks. I I hear you've listened to a couple episodes. Yeah, yeah, I've listened to a fair amount. Definitely some car drive, long car drive. Like, what's a fair amount? Like ten? Like, like more than ten? Could have listened to one hundred and twenty. No, I don't know. I listened to all of them. I've definitely listened to a lot of the uh, stop motion centric ones because I've been (laughs) interested in that. But um, you know, a lot of more recent ones for sure, and just. Yeah, so you some really good stuff. It's thank you Fair for enough. doing this. Me for putting everybody. you on the spot right now to say how much you love this podcast. I'm being yes. <laughs> Watch it, listen, subscribe, click below. <laughs> I don't even know if there's. A, I mean, I guess you can subscribe to like iTunes or whatever, but whatever. Yeah. So yeah, let's let's just get into some of these topics right away. So you know, you were at Blue Sky mm-hmm. when uh, you know things went down and it was canceled, and then uh, you're at Illumination now. And uh, what can you share? about that whole experience and being told you don't have a job anymore and scrambling to find something new when you're in the middle of your career. Like, tell me, tell me what you can. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was at blue sky for almost 13 years and, um, on February 9th of this past year. Uh, so we were all at home during the pandemic, um, working on some projects, some unannounced stuff. And, um, yeah, we basically just had this unfortunate day where we were told that the studio was being shut down. Um, basically due to COVID and, you know, some other reasons, but, um, it was, uh, it was a sad day. It was, um, you know, foreign, the entire studio got shut down. We had all these brand new renovations in the building too, that were, um, we're going to make the building really, the building already more awesome than it was. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was, um, it was a sad thing. I mean, you know, being, uh, home for COVID was, um, you know, basically being away from everybody and then learning that we couldn't see each other and we learned that the studio was being shut down. It, it was very tough, you know, that we couldn't all sort of like come together, give each other hugs, like a lot of virtual hugs, I guess, going on. Yeah. And, um, but it, it was tough, uh, you know, just um, losing my home where I, I basically grew up as an animator um, over that time. You, so. well, 13 years, that's quite a long time. And I'm assuming you were, you had no plans to like, you, you were continuing on envisioning yourself at blue sky going yeah yeah i mean i'm from new york um from queens originally so uh, blue sky originally was located in white plains which is about a half an hour outside the city and then um they moved to greenwich connecticut in 2008 so i was in the original studio um for about two months um and then yeah it's come 2008 we had like this two-week break where they moved in like they did all these renovations and um, it was like around the holidays. So we came in come January and like, I was working on an ice age, uh, three up Dawn of the dinosaurs. And, um, so yeah, it was like, it was always like my dream to like work there. Once I knew I wanted to do animation as a career, 
because I was like, you know, it's close to home, it's close to family, it's this like blockbuster studio, makes amazing movies. Um, and yeah, so it was like a dream come true. So when it shut down, it was like, you know, it hurt. But uh, yeah. yeah, did you? Yeah, I can imagine. And, and like, gosh, um, did you feel afraid of not being able to find work again? Yeah, like, I like when you heard like, what was it? What was your initial because like, for me, my perspective, I'm like, you know, 13 years, super amazing animator should have no problem. But like, you know, in your mind, what's what's going through your mind? I immediately texted friends like within like 15 seconds after I heard the news, like, hey, are you guys hiring? Like, just really? Wow. Yeah, I mean, I was just because I, I didn't expect it. It was a it was a big shock. I think most people you had no you had no clue it was being. Was no, no. I mean, I think 15 seconds it, after the announcement, you're like, give me a job. Yeah, I mean, I was nervous. Like I was ended up freaking out. Like I told my wife, like after the whole thing happened and I was already, I reached out to people. So maybe some other people knew before she did because it was just out of pure panic in that moment. Um, you know, and I had a good, you know, not afraid uh, or shame to admit a good cry at that moment and with her. And um, it was just a very emotional moment. Um, but uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really know what to expect. I, I, that was the only place that I really worked for that ex uh, such a long period of time in the feature film industry. I mean, I had small gigs beforehand, um, which were great and alert, great learning experiences as well. But um, yeah, I, I didn't really know what to expect. I didn't know what, what the industry was like, uh, especially during COVID. Like I knew that some other studios were working remote as we were over the past uh, year uh, before they shut us down. Um, but uh yeah, it was it was a scary time for sure. Um, but I definitely started immediately within the next that day and like the two days following it, just like emailing recruiters and you know emailing friends. Like I've worked with tons of people over uh, the past almost thirteen years that I was there that ended up at tons of other studios all over the country and the world. So I didn't really know what my plan was, <laughs> but um, I knew I hoped that there was something. That was else that was out there so when you were you were emailing you know your friends and recruiters were you like hey i'm a i've been at blue sky for 13 years here's an amazing demo reel of my stuff <laughs> or you just like what were you going off a reputation or like everybody just knew blue sky employees were like hitting the the ether <laughs> yeah well i mean i definitely like my subject title for my emails was like blue sky animator justin wegg like hello, whatever, you know, something like that. Yeah. Just like, because I was just trying to like catch the attention. I mean, I think it just became pretty, um, pretty uh, in instant um, knowledge in the industry. Everyone just started yeah. caring about it like that day within hours. And I think it even was reported online um, right away. Um, so yeah, I mean, people automatically are like, before I even like told them like that the studio closed, like friends, whatever, they're like, oh yeah, I heard. And um, but no, I mean, I, I basically just said like, hi, so-and-so or hi friend. Like I've been in uh, Justin, uh, you may remember me, whatever, or uh, I've been a blue sky for the past almost 13 years. You know, here's my demo reel. I'm looking for new opportunities, you know, that kind of stuff. And, um, yeah, I was just trying to see what was out there. It was like open to really anything. Cause I didn't really know what to expect. I didn't know if I was going to get a job. I have a family, you know, to support and you know, two kids and, um, you know, house mortgage, all that kind of stuff. So, um, I was just hoping for the best. <laughs> So what, what was, how many bites were you getting? You know, you reached out to everybody you could think of. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Like I um, made like this Google spreadsheet where I basically just like put down every studio that I applied to with every contact or recruiter that I did hear from or didn't hear from. And um, it took a little while, but it, 
I mean, a little while. I mean, within like the week, I had a fair amount of responses. Um, and actually, within a couple of days, maybe like definitely around ten. Um, and then I started setting up some interviews. So it, it oh, did wow. pretty quick. And I was actually my um, my acceptance of the job that I ended up taking in the end was within uh, a month, I think, of the shutdown. Um, hmm. So I was definitely like searching for a while um, and just you know weighing my options and everything. But um, yeah, it was, uh, it was an interesting thing. I mean, I, I feel like one thing that I learned from it is um, because I was just sort of living in this bubble uh, for so long in Blue Sky, not, not like a negative bubble. I mean, it was it was a great, great bubble. I just I didn't really know what 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 else was out there. Like I guess what my val what I could bring to the industry, you know, um, besides what I was already judged at and uh, at Blue Sky, which again was an amazing place to grow and learn as an animator. And I worked with some incredible people, but you know, getting out there um, and seeing uh, what else was out there really opened up my eyes to um, other opportunities and other avenues to pursue. So. Were you finding that you had to suddenly like niche yourself? Like, you know, I'm a character animator or like something like that versus like, I can animate in CG, whatever you want, I'll try out. Like, yeah. you, no, I mean, it was, I always uh, prefaced it or my subject line was like character animator or I said, hey, I'm a character animator. Um, I mean, that's definitely what I'm most comfortable with. I mean, I feel like I could like to say I could animate almost anything, but I mean, you know, I definitely haven't animated everything in the world. like. Um, you know, there's some amazing car commercials where I'm like, I haven't animated like a car, you know, like coming apart or, you know, they dissect things in these commercials, whatever. But um, I mean, it, it, I was just really open to whatever. Like I applied to some game companies. Um, I applied to uh, t uh, small, smaller companies that did like TV series. I applied to feature studios. I applied to um, some more commercial houses. I, you know, was even looking at some like stop motion stuff, which we'll talk about later. Yeah. Um, which I love your stuff again. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. But uh, yeah, I was just trying to see, like, I don't know, what, what can I do? And um, I, yeah, I just feel like character animation is like my bread and butter, I guess. And I just felt like I just wanted to keep on pursuing that as, as if I could, you know. If, if, yeah, if maybe, maybe thinking back to like your first, you know, when you were doing those original gigs before Blue Sky and then when you got Blue Sky, like when you're starting out, especially like out of school or as like a junior animator, it's kind of a numbers game. You're just applying like literally everywhere to hope you can get any bites. But, you know, after being in the industry for 13 years, which is quite a long time, did and it sounds like you were playing a numbers game as well. Did you feel that you were getting more, you know, a serious responses and in interviews set up because of this? Or was uh, it still like kind of random? You're just hoping for like a opportunity to, to come yeah, around. I, I felt like, I mean, there was a slight tinge of the latter part, but I felt like it was more like I was getting more responses because of my experience um, and my like demo reel. I mean, demo reel obviously played like a big part. Um, it's funny, I just like recently posted on Facebook is like the memories came up and like my demo reel from like 2008 before I even like really started it. I was going to ask stuff. you about that because I noticed you've been posting old stuff lately. Is this yeah. like an intentional thing to like I get would... your your name out into the... No, that, no, that was just like, just to my <laughs> friends, just like, wow, I can't believe that's what it looked like back then. I'm like, I'd like to think I came a long way. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just feel like if I applied, I mean, I even felt like this back then when I applied to Blizzard, I feel like every animator or artist says this. It's like, oh, if I applied with my stuff, that, that I worked on then now or even like 10 years ago like they wouldn't have hired me like oh it was all luck or whatever but um no I mean I feel like you know um the experience that I went through and just the work that I had like it definitely helped me get a, 
maybe more noticed or a foot in the door um, as opposed to being a more junior. I mean, like, the, like there's some amazing junior animators out there that get into these studios. And um, so it, I don't know, it's sometimes it's just like a who's who you know or like luck or whatever. But like, I think, um, you know, just the work that I had and the experience I had definitely helped um, get me the, the bites nice. <laughs> that I had. So how do you feel now that you're back working a steady, steady thing? Uh, I feel good. I mean, it's, uh, it was weird, um, you know, not working for like, it was basically, we got the announcement in February and then closed in April officially. So it was sort of like weird not working for two months. And then I had like about a three, four weeks off where I was just like not really working. I was doing some stop motion stuff and just learning as much as I could. I'm a big, like, like just continuing education person, just like following tutorials or whatever people release and, you know, YouTube stuff, whatever. And um, then I got back into it and yeah, it's nice to be doing it again. Um, you didn't you'll... even take a vacation. No, I did. I did. I actually went to uh, Arizona, to Sedona, which was really nice. So I did do, get to do that, um, you know, but yeah, um, I, I, you know, it's always like on my mind. Like I, I just love what I do. And, um, but yeah, it's nice. It, it doesn't feel like much has changed. Just which changes just like the environment, you know, like I'm at home in my basement, which yeah. I have been as all of us have been in our homes for the past year. But, um, you know, going through this process and then starting a brand new job with uh, new people um, in a new company um, is, uh, you know, it's a learning experience for sure. But it's been, it's been fun. It's been very, it's a lot of fun meeting cool so, people. So, um, you know, you went through this whole experience. You were off work for like two months. Is there anything that you, looking back, would do differently or going forward, you do differently to make sure you have something you know, kind of always in the works if, if this type of situation happens again versus like uh, your feeling of like scrambling and panic? Uh, I feel like, well, first of all, I feel like the reason why I, like, I scrambled and panic, if you will, is just because like I didn't expect it. And um, yeah. I, I, I mean, it, I would too. <laughs> yeah, I think it was like a, you know, a reasonable uh, uh, um, response. And I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like maybe I would have tried to work on some other tests on the side although again i feel like my real like had just my most recent work but you know there was other projects we were working on in between so i didn't have like my latest and greatest but um you know uh i don't know i guess i don't know if there was much that i would do to prepare i mean I, maybe learning some other skills like i'm not really like a rigger but maybe i'd like take up some of that or some modeling maybe to try to make, us, make myself more marketable if like and when there were no uh, animation positions available but um you know that stuff is cool and all but i'm definitely more interested in like the performance aspect of the field um so no I, I don't know if i really maybe i would maybe take a little bit of a longer break or something but um i yeah. feel like i just wanted I, I did feel like i was missing it um especially due to like you know being home during covid i just it, i wanted to get back into it and um just animate <laughs> so looking forward i guess you know you've been character animator performance is this is this your thing is this like what you see yourself doing inevitably forever like or are you trying to work your way up to like you know a lot of people want to become director or involved in story or whatnot and i know that you originally went to school for like psychology <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah i did go to school originally for psychology um yeah we'll have to talk about that quickly um yeah i went to binghamton university which is a new york state school um and um i didn't really know i wanted to do animation as a career then um, but I had like this, I studied abroad in Australia, like my senior year and, um, 
did some like so, sort of soul searching. I was watching a lot of like Family Guy at that time. And I know the, the most super inspirational animation in my life at that moment. Now, I mean, I, I loved it. It was a lot of fun, but um, I sort of was like, oh, you know, what can I, uh, you know, what do I really want to do? I did some of my oldest soul searching and just like watching a lot of cartoons, I guess, when I was down there. And actually Disney Toon Studio was um, down there at the time. Uh, the ones that do all, do all the sequels and I was like oh it'd be really cool to try to get an internship even though I have no experience with, whatsoever maybe I'll do like an internship or a, a production assistant whatever um and uh long story short they ended up closing so I, I didn't even so you it. just watched Family Guy and you're like I'm gonna get an internship doing this <laughs> yeah I don't know there's just something about it actually it's funny what sent me to Australia was um I was it sounds really cheesy but like I was um watching like Finding Nemo like the year before or something and it took place in Australia. And I'm like, oh, I always wanted to go to Australia. That looks really nice in CG world. <laughs> and um, I, I know, but I- Base I just, your life decisions on uh, what some yeah. background artists created. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but um, so no, I, I did some like sort of soul searching and um, just wanted to like, I'm like I always enjoyed film. I enjoyed drawing, I enjoyed um, acting. I did some acting in college and high school and and uh, like plays and stuff and um, music and it all just sort of came together. But um, yes, yeah, so I, I didn't pursue the psychology thing, but in the end I was like, oh, when I, when I first started animation, I was like, oh, it sort of, uh, it sort of helps me understand the character, um, you know, which I maybe understood more at that time, but I sort of like forgot some of the things <laughs> that I've learned um, from psychology at least. But um, no, back to your original question. So where do I like see myself uh, going? I don't know. I, I feel like I definitely enjoy the performance part. Um, I've pursued in most more recent years more like lead positions, um, which are more, I guess, um, not directing, but like supervising in a sense. Um, so like I'd like to see pursue that that route. Um, you know, I definitely you know I teach now also, so I feel like that's yeah. sort of like a, a mini supervisor. Like supervising, or, you're not animating so much anymore as you are. I guess directing or supervising. Yeah, other it's people. like a, it's a fine balance. I mean, I know there's been I've had like supervisors who have done a little bit of both, um, but like definitely yeah, less animating. So I don't know how much I'd like to pursue that as much. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I feel like I've always wanted to like create my own show, and in the past it was like I didn't really have like ideas, but like I sort of knew how to do things, like from the technical standpoint, you know. Um, but I don't know. I've like been thinking about some things recently, but. Um, yeah, I, um, I don't know. I'm sort of just seeing where this ride takes me, you know, being that yeah, I'm, yeah, you being just, that like. You just had to switch up in career, so. Exactly, yeah. So, you know, being that that happened and just seeing where, you know, my next job, where I am at Illumination takes me, you know, we'll just see how things go and where how the industry evolves. And, nice, yeah. yeah. So tell me, let's, let's dial it back a little bit more. Tell me about the switch up from psychology to trying to pursue an internship at Disney with no... <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, it was like, literally, like, I never reached out to anybody at Disney Toon in, in Australia. It was literally like, I just like Googled like animation studios in Australia. Like that was the first one that popped up and I was studying for six months there. And I'm like, oh, that could be a good opportunity. And um, so, yeah, I uh, basically what happened is I didn't really pursue anything more at that point. So maybe just like just drawing some stuff, you know, little things on the side in college. I did like, um, like the co comic strip for my school newspaper um and my growing up my friends like always said like oh you know you're gonna like be a cartoonist or whatever so like i was always drawing things on the sides of my notebook like i'm sure you did most uh, yeah you know, no people said the same thing to me and i was yeah. like uh no 
<laughs> like why yeah. no yeah and later on you know but so yeah, how did so you actually uh get the well i know how you got the required skills but maybe you can explain because i also think you know i think it's interesting what you're going to tell me because there's this like uh, pressure that comes from, I don't know where, where you have to like seriously study animation for years mm -hmm. in college, like going to Sheridan College myself, it's a four year degree program and mm -hmm. they teach you like everything, life drawing, yeah. you know, storyboarding, character design, animation and 2D and CG and, and like, and they, there's like this thought drilled into you that you're not going to be good enough until the end of these four years and then you're good enough to just have like a basic internship but like your stories you know well you can just tell me i guess yeah um well i mean basically the way it started out was after i graduated from uh college i uh was like okay well what do i really want to do i wanted to know i wanted to animate i didn't really know that i wanted to do it as a career growing up i didn't i didn't really think i could do it as a career when i was growing up so i always like i didn't put two and two together like oh there's someone behind that pencil and paper i, I remember going to disney once and disney world and i saw the people doing it but um uh yeah i was just like okay well you know I mean, do i go back to school for animation do i have to go to a four-year school i just did the four-year thing and I was like, oh, maybe I do like a, a master's of like school of visual arts or Cal arts or whatever. And I wasn't like good enough from like a portfolio standpoint to get into those places. Um, but uh, I remember um, I saw this, this school, online schools, like I think one of the first, if, if not the first, definitely the first online animation school. And I feel like it was like at the, the beginning of like the online school boom, but I went, I saw Animation Mentor um, come up, um, which yeah, I think was the first of its kind. And um, I remember I was like following all these like student blogs uh, that a lot of them were just like chronicling, chronicling their, uh, their progress throughout. Um, and actually I had followed this one guy, uh, Jeff Kim, who um, ended up working at Blue Sky years later um, shortly. And he was actually an alumnus of Binghamton University um, where I went to college. So I reached out to him and I was like, oh, hey, um, tell me more about the school. And I remember, and he, you know, we talked, chatted a little bit and, I remember I actually, um, I really wanted to do it and my parents knew I was interested in it. And I put like together this little like PowerPoint <laughs> slide, like this is why I should do this. And like printed out this whole paper and I like I highlighted all these points and I'm like, little, little, hey, hi mom and dad, like this is why I want to do animation, you know? Um, and this is why the school is a great choice. And um, yeah, so I think 2006, cause I graduated in 2005. So maybe it was the fall 2005 or 2006 is when I, um, started animation mentor and it was a wait so they were your parents were convinced after this powerpoint they oh yeah were they like, were just, yeah. he's thought about this <laughs> so we're sending him no i mean they were very my parents are very supportive and still are uh, worse <laughs> then still are um but no they were like hey you know if this is what you want to do like um you know we fully support you and um very kind of them to let me pursue that and uh yeah and it just it just worked out but um i mean it was it was a hard road i mean even during my time during animation mentor i think around class four or no class two class two was body mechanics class four i think it was like intro to acting i was pursuing some internships so i worked at um uh the studio actually i ended up being a production assistant at the studio called curious pictures this is not part of animation mentor this not 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 part of like it wasn't um they didn't like offer internships okay. or anything it was just like well i'd like to get some real world experience if i can <coughs> excuse me um, and uh, I had some like friends that were co contacts and I reached out to this um, studio called Curious Pictures, which um, actually one of the founders was the guy, uh, he, he co-created uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse with, um, with uh, Paul Rubens. And they did like a lot of, um, they did like a show on HBO called uh, 
curious or I forget what it was called. Um, totally curious, something like that. Um, but anyway, they were doing this um, Barbie movie. It was called the Barbie Diaries. And uh, I was like, the only, I wasn't really qualified at that moment to do animation and there's actually motion capture. So they were sh shooting all the motion capture in house. Um, but I was like, hey, yeah, I interviewed, like, I'll do production assistant, I'll get your coffee, I'll do, you know, faxing, whatever you want me to do. Remember faxing back in the day? Um, and uh, yeah, so it was, it was just, I got to be exposed to everything at that point. I worked very closely with the director, Eric Fogel. Um, I don't know if you know that name. He actually created Celebrity Deathmatch. Oh, um, there you go. Hey. So that's sort of, it was like my first, like, I didn't think about stop motion back then. But, From uh, Barbie Diaries to Celebrity Deathmatch. Yeah. Well, the other way around. He actually, it was Celebrity Deathmatch. Oh, the other, yeah. Okay. I think they <laughs> That's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think they rebooted uh, Celebrity Deathmatch a couple years later, maybe. But um, yeah, so like that was all motion capture was shot in house. And I got to be on set with like the actors who like, would do the motion capture for voices that were already pre-recorded, I think. Um, and that was like shipped off to India. But yeah, it was like just like a constant, like I was in this environment where everyone was like, you know, modeling, rigging, uh, doing some animation. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I did that um, while I was still doing Animation Mentor. So I was doing Animation Mentor like um, part-time at that moment, but then I pursued it full-time in the end. When I finished that, um, actually, I also did a product production assistant job on um, a Polly Pocket uh, uh, thing, which was a very short, short thing, but that was really just like filing uh, and, and uh, photocopying stuff. Um, but then when I finished Animation Mentor. And the Animation um, Mentor was two years, right? Yeah, it was 18 months. Yeah. 18 months. That's quick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was so quick. quick. But it was like the great thing about it um, was that it was just all like strictly focused like on yeah, animation. Super it wasn't like, yeah, it wasn't like you want to do lighting, you want to do rigging. Like I think they've like, updated things since then um, or changed some things but um then it was just strictly just animation focused and that what was what was also great about it it was like all my mentors are people who were working in the industry i mean i didn't have anyone who worked at blue sky at the time but i learned from people at like ilm and some former disney guys and rhythm and hughes at the time um and all over the place um video games too but uh then i um yes yeah, so it was a great experience and i actually when I finished, you know, I was sending my stuff to the people at uh, Curious Pictures, one of my supervisors uh, or, or, you know, production people there. And then they saw my reel and they're like, oh, so we have this um, this feature that we're doing coming up, which was, uh, uh, again, it was motion capture, but it was uh, it premiered at the Sundance Film Festival that year. And it was called Chicago 10, um, which is based off of the trial of Chicago 7. I don't know if you, there's a movie, that, a live action movie that came out last year called The, the Chicago 7, I think that Aaron Sorkin directed. Um, and, uh, anyway, this was like an, this was a documentary slash animated film, but again, more motion capture. Um, and it was directed by Brett Morgan, who also did the kid stays in the picture. Um, and that was like, I was an animation, uh, intern then. So again, I was on set doing some motion capture shoots, like cleaning up motion capture. And then I was basically animating like faces and hands cause they didn't capture the face back then or the fingers and stuff. Um, and then, yeah, from that point on, uh, I just sort of got in, got it with the crew there. And I was working on some other little thing as I did like an optimum online commercial there where it was like, actually, it was kind of cool. It was like puppets, like live action puppets where they superimpose like CG mouths onto the, to the faces, which actually didn't make it to air in the end. And oh. <laughs> but it was cool. Um, cool nonetheless. But yeah, it was um, some good experience. And yeah, some other little gigs followed in between there, which I could talk about if you're interested. Before so so these, these like your experience in school, and then these gigs here and there, they're what got you into Blue Sky? 
yeah, so in between, I also worked um, at this place called Super Ego Games, which was in New York City. Um, it was a small video game company, like 12 people. Um, we were creating this game called Rat Race, um, which was like sort of the Sims meets like The Office. I think like that's like when The Office really started um, uh, becoming popular. So it was like a comedy game. There was a lot of sitcom. We had some writers from like Late Night with Conan O'Brien and, and I think some guys who worked on like South Park, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and uh, so I worked on this game for like nine months where I was doing like insane animation quotas for like some cycles, but like the, the, the cinematics were like, a minute, two minute cutscenes that I had to do like in a week. So, I mean, the quality wasn't that great, but um, I worked actually, how I got in there is I worked with a guy who I used to work with at Curious Pictures, uh, this guy, Willie. And um, it was a great learning experience. Long story short, the game didn't end up getting published. It tends to happen uh, in the industry. Sometimes, you know, things you work on, they just don't see the light of day, which is, you know, it's fine. But again, it was a learning experience. Um, and then after that, I uh, worked on, I forget how I, Got it. But real, I worked for Real Effects um, remotely. That was, my, I guess, was my first intro to remote work, only for like eight weeks or six to eight weeks on Open Season Two, um, and then um, through that time, through some other uh, little things here and there, I actually made a, a connection with a guy who I used to work with at Super Ego Games, this guy Jason, who was a sound designer there, and his brother-in-law was a animator at Blue Sky. <laughs> So connections, I, connections, yep, connections. Yep. So okay. I, uh, I reached out to him, um, this guy Scott, and um, yeah, I, I just like started working with him offline, just like saying like, oh, hey, here's my reel. Like it was pretty crappy back then. Um, but I had some uh, stuff from Open Season 2. I felt like that was like really cool because like I got to work on a feature film even though it went direct to DVD. Um, but I was like, I love the first Open Season and I got to work on that. Um, and then he sort of like, helped me. I, I had already applied to Blue Sky, I think, once before that, and I got rejected. Um, and then, I don't know how it happened, but he helped me, or I just got in, or whatever. I always thank him to this day for getting me uh, working at Blue Sky. And um, yeah, about, I worked, came in September 2008 as a temp a project hire on uh, Ice Age Dawn of the Dinosaurs. And then two months later, I was hired full-time. So Nice. I, I want to talk about your experience at Blue Sky, <laughs> but I'm, I'm wondering, um, from going to uh, animation mentor for 18 months, do you think you had picked up the skills that you needed to get into Blue Skies uh, intro, like a like as a temp or like an introductory animator or whatever? Yeah. Or do you think the 18 months prepped you to get those random gigs, which you learned enough at those gigs to get into Blue Sky by the end? Because I'm wondering if somebody's listening now and they're like, you know, wanting to get in CG or they're an animation mentor right now or they're just... Yeah graduated a program or, or like, I don't know, they did a four year degree program, but want to specialize. Like, is it, do you, even, I guess, even as you see new graduates enter the industry now, is it enough to go to some, a program, an online program like that, and then get an entry yeah. position? I mean, I definitely think the, the schooling and the program had a, a huge influence on my, my, my career growth. Um, I mean, I feel like I definitely grew a lot once I got into the industry, um, especially at Blue Sky. I and mean, I just learned so much there. Um, but I mean, I definitely feel like I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been where I was when I started at Blue Sky, nor any of those other studios if I hadn't learned what I did at the school. Um, you know, there's so many uh, great schools out there and like, you know, podcasts like yours that like give so much great advice um, to students. But um, yeah, I think it was a combination of things. Um, you know, I, 
I think it's also a matter of like what you put into it. I mean, right. I right. worked with a lot of students uh, back then who like weren't able to do the school full time. Um, like I had the, 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 you know, was fortunate enough to be able to do it at one point. Um, so, you know, being able to put that much more time and effort into it, like definitely helped. Um, so yeah, I think it's a little bit of everything. Um, you, yeah. And you were at blue sky for 13 years. Were you seeing, uh, new hires come right out of online programs? Yeah, actually well? it's like funny. A lot of us, a lot of us, um, from my, my, uh, class, if you will, of, of, of initiation into blue sky came like straight out of school. Mm. Um, I mean, again, I had some little things in between, but there were some people who got straight hide straight out of, uh, animation mentor or other similar schools. Um, gotcha. Yeah, it was a lot of connections that people had, like former students, you know, I mean, I, I saw a lot of project hires come in that ended up getting hired full time that were like their teacher was an animator at the studio. And so. Yeah, I mean, that made, like I haven't uh, I haven't taken online schools like like animation mentor, or whatever. But like one thing that I constantly think about constantly, I think about from time to time in my mind is like Sheridan College, which I'm which I'm technically in right now is more of a generalist degree when it comes to, you know, uh, you learn a lot of 2D, hand-drawn, you know, puppet, a rig, uh, 2D, CG, but you don't become like a, a mass, like you can take electives in CG all throughout, but you don't become like a focused mm -hmm. just CG, for instance. So do you see new hires coming in from places like CalArts or Sheridan or Seneca as well, where it's more of a generalist or, because um, I guess my thought is, I also know, I've also known people who have come out of a generalist degree and then realized that maybe they, the CG wasn't, their CG skills weren't up to par. And then they would take something like Animation Mentor on top to-, to Yeah, and I know a bunch skills. of people like that too. Um, we definitely had a lot of hires from um, SCAD, mm, uh, SCAD yeah. and there were some from School of Visual Arts and yeah, the, yeah I think more the, I mean, Sheridan, I think maybe one or two, but um, yeah, definitely the, like the four-year colleges, there's been some that you know, the students uh, focused on um, animation more, but definitely did these amazing short films and they still knew how to rig and model and light and all the stuff that I didn't know how to do or <laughs> trying to trying to learn more about. But um, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's definitely, it definitely obviously helps if you want to be an animator or a yeah. lighter or whatever to like focus on like just that one thing and be amazing at it. But I mean, obviously having those other skills, um, you know, really helps. I think, you know, one thing that was, I don't know if the animation mentor still does it now, but we like did short films at the time. Um, and uh, I think something that the studios looked for then, and I think still look for now, even just like in singular shots, I definitely look for as a instructor and um, animator when looking at reels is that, you know, just storytelling. And like, so if you're creating a short film and a lot of these students from these, you know, bigger schools, these four-year programs would spend four years creating a short or I don't know, two years, whatever it is, like, I think, uh, studios definitely like appreciate that like because at the end of the day like we're all filmmakers and trying to make the best film possible so um i think you know it definitely helps to have those other skills but so if i say i'm like you know i don't know i know i want to do cg and i'm like i want to work at a place like illumination i want to be a character animator like my hero and and idol <laughs> justin what should i what should i focus on right now should i because I'm also, I guess there's two questions. One is what should I focus on? Should I just immediately go into the online CG schools? Because my second part of the question is, do you feel like you missed out on certain aspects of storytelling and and art, like figure drawing yeah. or yeah. Like storyboarding and cinematic uh, stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, I definitely learned some of that stuff when I was in uh, online schooling. Um, 
And, you know, I, and then, yeah, when I was in college doing psychology, like I did take like a figure drawing class once I started getting more into like art and stuff, but I mean, it wasn't the same. Um, and I didn't go to school that specialized in that, but it, you know, it was, it was cool at the time. And I also did some summer programs before that. But anyway, uh, I, to answer your question, I feel like, uh, I mean, I definitely feel like there's validity for learning all of those things. Um, I'm not the best figure drawing artist or, you know, like, cartoonist or whatever and I could feel like I could animate so I feel like uh you know it, it definitely helps to to know those things I don't know if they're essential um you know I mean there's so many great resources out there just even besides like online schools like I teach at anim school there's you know the other school tons of tons of schools and but there's so many also some great YouTube tutorials out there like free stuff yeah. that you can just learn from um that people have been really generous to offer their time and just teach students so I mean I think what any student that wants to like learn animation should focus on um, is definitely the basics. Like obviously don't jump right in. I'm sure you know this as like a stop motion guy, although I know you're like early high school stuff that you did like this crazy stuff with like all these clay characters, but obviously like, you know, focus on like, um, you know, the, the bouncing ball and really yeah. nail that and like pendulums and all that stuff. Because I mean, obviously it's, everything is based off of that. So. And I find, I find the bouncing ball and pendulum, like I had to do that too in my first year at Sheridan. Yeah. I'm like, this is so boring. Just give me like, yeah. give me a full character performance yeah. and I'll just start there. Like, <laughs> yeah, there is a, you know, so certain... tempting to go get ahead, right? Of course. Yeah. I mean, even when I was starting learning to do some more, some stop motion stuff, like I had like the sticky bones figure, which is like sitting over there and I wanted to just like do that right away or like animate like my, uh, my action figures. And I was like, but no, I want to <laughs> because like, you're so disciplined. Yeah. And I had some, I was working with some other friends at the time that we were doing like this little trio of us uh, trying to learn it. But um, no, I think, look, I mean, yes, it's like the bouncing ball is boring if you will, compared to like other stuff. But I mean, at the end of the day, like we are, our all of our movements, especially when you analyze animated stuff or any, any, live live action it's all based off of that so yeah you should get um, a you should get a plaque and put it on your above your door that says we are all bouncing balls or something right like that. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah or some, put a sticky note on your on your monitor that says everything is a bouncing ball <laughs> it's, true, yeah, it's right. true so tell me okay so like you you're starting at a blue sky and you know you know once you're working eight however many hours a day you're working eight hours a day you're just naturally improving anyways because that's all you're doing but what's going through your mind to actively you know at the first couple of months, you're anxious about this new job and you want to stay on. Like what was, what was going on in your mind to make sure that you were becoming like an invaluable part of uh, blue sky and staying there for 13 years. And, you know, you said you're working into your way into like leadership roles and supervising roles. Like what were you actively doing to improve your skills to be such a valuable asset? Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of it was asking just like a lot of questions uh, to the people above me and those whose like work I uh, just was just like in awe, awestruck by. So, um, so you're, you're like go up to this amazing anime and you're like, hey, can I just borrow you for five minutes? Like, yeah, I mean, I had this really good friend, um, Luis at Blue Sky, who was like he was like my mentor, I guess. And he uh, he's an amazing animator. And um he, I, you know, he really like helped me a lot through my time there. And um, uh, yeah, it's just, just, yeah, getting other people's eyes on your work or just like say like, oh, how would you do this? Um, how did you do this? Like your shot, um, you know, while I was at Blue Skype and later in my career, um, I ended up starting these like uh, talks similar to how you're doing like podcasting, but uh, it wasn't really a podcast. It was like a, a workflow Wednesday, I called it, or like, oh, nice. um, 
talking shots where like I would literally just like have an animator in the room like the workflow Wednesday was like bringing them into our theater room and just like um, saying like oh you have an interesting workflow like you're a layered animator or you're like a straight ahead animator or you're a I don't know how you animate but like how you manage is amazing and like just like saying like hey can you just like sit down like walk us through your work your your mindset and so I was doing a lot of that because I just really still to this day I'm just very like continuing education focus just want to like learn as much as I can and soak up as much as I can um and the talking shots was a similar thing just like breaking down a shot like from like planning to like final um so yeah but back then like when I started it was like a lot of that like asking questions um and then you know staying late um maybe when I wasn't supposed to um but uh you know just trying to like learn as much as I could uh and just try to make the best result possible but um you know, it's, we were all in it together and um, everyone was super helpful back then. We all, everyone was really trying to push everyone and, you know, make you the best you could be, at least in my experience. And um, I don't know, I feel like that's what you sort of have to do when you're in that environment is just like, just pick other people's minds and just. So let me, let me ask you this. Let's do a workflow Wednesday right now with you. What is, you know, you've been working for <laughs> almost two Sunday, decades by the way, but in the can... industry um you're working on like box office hits and all this stuff and you know you're you've learned all these things from other animators what is your what is your streamlined process superior get this shot done that looks amazing tricks yeah. and tips that you can share here <laughs> oh, superior amazing I, I don't know I, I, and i tried my best but um thank you i uh i don't know I, it's, it's a combination of things really and i feel like my workflow is always evolving but um, I definitely like to do a lot of research, uh, right up front of me. I tell my students, like, that's a big part of what I do. So you get um, a shot and you're like, not going to touch it at all. I'm no, gonna, not, not yeah. I'm going to go I, to YouTube. going to. Yeah. So like, uh, definitely getting a kickoff or a launch brief, whatever you want to call it from the director, supervisors, whatever it is. And, um, you know, asking questions, you know, why is the character feeling this way? All the typical things you'd want to ask you know, to understand the character or the moment the best you can. And then, yeah, definitely going into a uh, research phase. So whether that's like literally writing down questions and trying to answer them or doing thumbnails of like just envisioning it in my head. Um, I'm definitely a big person uh, shooting video reference. Um, I like to, you know, get in front of the camera, act it out, do a lot of different ideas. Um, think about the subtext of a shot that really informs me a lot about what the character is really thinking, what they're as opposed to what they're saying. Um, I go into um, YouTube looking for clips, similar moments. Um, I actually, not many people probably know about this website, uh, but I'll tell you all out there in podcast land, it's called tvtropes.org. Um, tvtropes.org. And it's, it's basically like a Wikipedia for like tropes, um, you know, which is the commonly used things in the, storytelling world i guess um so uh i like if I'll, I'll just literally like search within that wikipedia kind of page it's i'll say like a character that's crying or a character that has like one of those like no moments you know or like um happy character sitting on a bench eating an apple. i mean i don't just like i try to get like as specific as i can sometimes as general as i can basically just like find other moments where it's a character that like has gone through something similar because at the end of the day like we're all we're telling these stories but like a lot of this, these moments have been told before just in different ways, uh, but it's, you know, like storytelling goes back like forever. Right. So it's like these kind of moments have lived on in, in storytelling before. And anyway, I just look for inspiration essentially. And this website has some great stuff where it's like, 
this kind of moment has appeared in a comic or this kind of moment has appeared in like a live action film or, or an animated film. And then I'll be like, oh yeah, I remember that. And like, I'll go to YouTube and try to find that. Not like copy that moment, but try to just get inspiration from it. I so just went like, to tvtropes.org and they have like a featured trope and it's of uh, a giant crying and their tears like showering humans. And it has like Bender from a Futurama. He's yeah. like giant and he's crying and it's like exploding everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, and it's, it's but it it's looks not, like you can search literally anything. Oh God, it's 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 a never-ending rabbit hole. Man, I've ne I'm going to use this all. The I've never seen this before, but it makes yeah. so much sense because there's so many times where I'm like, this is the thing in my mind, like I don't know, devil angels sitting on shoulders, and I'm like, yeah, I can't think of a single moment in TV where I could reference yeah. this. But if I, type I it in here, it'll just give me those references. Yeah, it's not like always 100 percent of the time I find what I need, and sometimes it's literally just like it just sparks other ideas. Yeah. It's, it's it's great. And it's a whole thing on the side of like characterizations and narratives and like subcategories. And if you could go on forever and ever and ever in it. But anyway, so like research is my first thing. Video reference is a big thing. Um, and then, yeah, so I forgot what we were, what we were talking about. So workflow. Um, uh, I like to work uh, pose to pose mainly, um, which I know is very different than stop motion. I remember when I first started to learn that. I was like, can you work post to pose in stop motion? Uh -uh. I know you technically could, but it'd be very hard um, and not recommended. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I used to be strictly like a stepped key animator. I don't know if you know much about step keys or CG. Um, do you know? Uh, I've done it a little bit. With, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, stepped keys is basically like you hit a pose, there's no interpolation, and then like you just you hit another pose. And um, but uh, more recently, I've I started blocking things out in spline where uh, it's still in full uh, poses um, in a more straight-ahead way, but just hitting my like my key poses within my video reference. I'll to have my video reference in Maya, um, which could be a good thing and a bad thing. Good, a good thing in that like it's just there, easy to refer to. A bad thing that you could be more tempted to like copy it, which I definitely try not to, and you know try to push things as much as I can, um, and then like go back and like fill in all the breakdowns and betweens and secondary breakdowns, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then yeah, just like uh, show it to like a supervisor or a colleague if I can before, uh, depending on the schedule. But definitely try to get as much feedback as I can from from colleagues. Um, and then yeah, get get whatever notes, um, address those notes. I'm sure it works the same on uh, most other studios or industry and stop motion. I know it's a little different there, but, um, and uh, yeah, then just keep on refining and, until you go and just spline, polish, you know. I, I do like to work layered uh, as well, which is, um, you know, it can be done many different ways from starting like the root out, you know, just getting the core of the motion, especially if it's like an energetic shot. So working on that root, where it's essentially a bouncing ball, you know, moving through space and then like layering on like the spine and then layering on the head and layering on the arms and the hands um, or doing it in another way, which is um, another more straight ahead way as well, where it's like working like in phrases where you're starting with, let's say the biggest movement of a, of a, of a action. So if it's like a character, um, I don't know, like leaning to the right, like or taking a, a step to the right, I might start with the hips and then like, let's say they sit down and might like start with the hips in that, that motion. Um, and then like get like the foot to plant because I know that foot needs to land and then come back to the spine and the head just for that shift, weight shift to the right. And then when they sit, I'm like, okay, what's the biggest move there? Okay, well maybe they put, they, they put their hand on their chair first. So then they, I'll animate just the hand, get that feeling right. And then I'll animate just the root and then the spine and the head and just making it all feel connective. And the thing that's like not great about that method, but is What's not great about the method is that things could feel like a little bit disconnected because um, you're literally like layering things on and the pose doesn't come right away. But what is great about the method is that it's a lot faster and cleaner 
and using like less controls than um, working in pose to pose, like where you tend to like just keel the entire character. Uh, but I mean, there's so many ways to do it and um, so many pros and cons, but um, that's really it. I mean, I hope it turns out <laughs> great in the end, uh, but uh, you know, that's- what is, what is your quota on like a, for the, for like an average week? Uh, it, when I was at Blue Sky, it was like, I think like 70 to 80 frames per week. Um, which, you know, I tried to hit the best that I could. It depends on the shot too. I mean, you could have something 80 that's frames like, a week. Yeah, I think that's what it was. If like someone, at 24 frames per second? Yeah, yeah. So you're doing like three or four seconds a week? Yes, something like that. I feel like if I'm mistaken and in podcast land, if someone from Blue Sky is listening and you want to comment. Wow, I mean, so like TV production, at least for stop motion, we're looking at like nine, 10 seconds a day. I know, I know. I, I've like talked <laughs> like to Like we don't even have people. time to like redo something if it- I like, know, or let alone plan. And I, you guys just like sometimes just go and like- Yeah, like even just like, if I'm taking too much time, like acting it out myself, I'm like, I just need to get in some frames. I know, I know. It's, it's in the- <laughs> Wow, guys, so all of so you guys- really have a lot of time to like really think through and polish things then yeah yeah um and that's why i'm still like amazed like at least with tv stuff like that you guys do um is just some of the quality that comes out i'm still it's a little amazing but um yeah we definitely have um time but it's still like not a lot of time because yeah I get, it, it also depends on the complexity of the shot it's yeah, like yeah. you could have a character that's a like one single character that's you know um, maybe it's just like just like a close-up or medium shot and like it's just like a reaction shot and you know, that can be something that, okay, well, that's maybe 34 frames or something. We're obviously going to get that in a lot quicker. And you can have the same thing, but like, uh, you know, one uh, one character shot, but they might be like jumping like crazy in, 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 you know, in screen space or doing some crazy interaction with another character, multiple characters, and, you know, it increases the complexity. So the supervisors would always, you know, um, adjust based on that. But I mean, I think on average, like that was what it was. It was like 70 frames. Yeah. Week. Well, um, I'm just wondering, like, you know, there's a, a number of different types of successes you can attribute to like a shot getting approved, I guess, like one would be like, you know, you really capture who this character is. And, and even maybe you went off direction a little bit, but it just like, you know, the character so well, like works or another one could just be like, you know, they got from a point A to B exactly how it was done. Is there like something going through your mind whenever you get a shot being like, this is my ultimate goal with completing this shot and and that's how i know that i'm on the right path versus like you know bringing in the director or your supervisor like every couple of poses to be like is this okay you know like yeah. how are you yeah getting think, the confidence to pursue that on your own yeah so i think i definitely when i first started out i definitely started that way where i was asking a lot of questions um and i guess i didn't have the confidence to um to do those things where i was like hey like what do you think of this pose so i think that's something you definitely build up over time um as an as an artist or an, an animator or any kind of artist um but uh yeah i think over time what it just really came down to and what i definitely just try to instill in my students when i'm teaching is like uh is it clear is the idea clear and then mm -hmm. am i am, am i believing this moment um so uh you know i think that a lot of that comes through uh feedback from others you know again showing your shot to your peers um, or your supervisors or whatever, helping them guide you in that, that right direction. But um, yeah, I think that's what I'm ultimately, my goal is in the end now. I mean, I still want like appealing poses and interesting and story, entertainment and ideas and performance choices and everything. But at, at the end of the day, like it's supposed to be like an entertaining shot. So I might tell them this, uh, 
you know, this, this, this shot or this, this story point or this beat in the most entertaining, believable, sincere way possible. Um, does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah no, totally. I, I really like what you said about, you know, uh, being clear and is it believable of what's happening? Because if, it, yeah. if it's if it's not, then it kind of sticks out yeah. versus the shots that it's around. I'm wondering yeah. also, like, just as you're talking, you know, how do you, I don't take this the wrong way, but like, how do you fight monotony after doing, you know, character animation for over a decade? Uh, monotony. So like just doing the, well, well it's just becoming a, you know, you're just becoming a job and uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's, it changes. It's, uh, it's different stories. It's different characters. I mean, yeah, like you could be working on the same shot for a long time or the same, uh, movie for like, nine months a year whatever um but i feel like you know you're i don't know for me at least i'm just constantly learning and growing throughout and i feel like there's just always just some excitement mm. and just the people you're with and you hang out with and you meet and that sort of changes up that monotony i guess and I, again i take up other things on the side like in the stop motion stuff that i try i mean it was more recent than anything but yeah. then um i don't know it's it's just trying to stay inspired by like just look i mean that's again why continuing education is a big thing for me like i just i just like watch a lot of youtube tutorials of like different kinds of things like and and i feel like that's what sort of changes things for me i mean i don't know i feel like nothing is else has really sparked an interest to me in the animation world besides like character animation at this point i mean again some storytelling stuff i'm starting to think of what more of my own ideas but um i don't know it's just it's just that that spark of, I mean, I'm sure you feel the same thing too. Bringing a character to life is just like just super exciting, and then it just. Takes no, I, I love it, especially in well, in stop motion specifically, where you like literally take this dead thing that yeah. you can put in your hand and move around, and it just looks dead, and then suddenly you, you like put a few frames behind it, and it's alive. It's I know, very it's strange. crazy. Yeah. So okay, so maybe we should talk about some other parts of your career too, because you're also, you know, you're you're teaching at anim, anim school for a while now, and like you also said, you wanted to move into like supervisory roles. What is what is something like what has compelled you to teach, and like also, you know, what is something that you see new students really needing to learn from what you've experienced as well? Like, what's the number one thing? Yeah. I guess this is a whole bunch of questions. That's but okay. first, first of um, all, what's the number one thing that you see new animators needing to work on? that you have to figure out yourself? Um, well, I, I mean, I think the main thing that I've seen my students have to work on uh, it because I'm teaching character performance right now. So it's mm. just acting. It's like introduction to like dialogue and acting. So I think the main thing that they've had to focus on uh, and I point out is like uh, body mechanics, which they've learned before. Um, uh, and a lot of good stuff has come out of their work. I think it's just a matter of perfecting things a little bit more and just thinking about weight and balance a little bit. What more. are, what are body mechanics to you then? Um, so like weight shifts, um, you know, how, a, uh, balance, you know, believable balance in a character, making sure the character feels grounded. Um, a lot of things that I point out to them is, um, you know, I mean, I, I, at the end of the day, um, you want your character to look good in the, the camera view, but, you know, definitely looking at it in that perspective view because we work in a 3D uh, environment, which I'm actually curious. I would ask you about stop motion, how you guys treat that. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, it's just like treating it from um, uh, and making sure the character looks good in all views and perspective. Because like even I haven't worked in video games like just a little bit, but like I know everything has to look at from every angle there. So, yeah. you know, just sort of treat it like that way. Um, 
So, so weight balance, weight and balance and perspective. That's interesting. Maybe yeah. And like locomotion as well. Say if, say if a character is like reaching over in a shelf and they have to like move their whole body, you know, yeah. uh, watching physics in the real world, you can just tell if something is off balance because it's, it'll fall over, but in exactly the yeah. world, it's not going to. So are there, and like, there's a fine balance between like, you know, you're pushing the exaggeration a little bit and actually this looks like the weight is off. Is there a tip that you have when, you know, where, where, how do you treat weight in the body? Cause like in CG until maybe this already exists or like unreal <laughs> engine or something where you just weight parts of the rig and it just figures yeah. it out for yourself. Like you're just creating that based on how you feel it looks right. Is there tips that you have on creating good balance and weight? Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, well for balance, it really comes down to like, I mean, if you're literally just like standing straight up and I'm, I can get up out of my chair, but maybe it's just somewhere to sit down. Uh, if, if, if you're like, you know, standing up, like you want to make sure your your weight is evenly distributed between your feet. If you're going to like shift your weight onto like one side, um, you want to make sure that like you, if you were to draw like a line from your your chin or your neck all the way down to your foot, that that line. We're going to show we're on YouTube. Well, so I could I could just try to show this. Really quick. All right. So <laughs> this not yeah. on YouTube. Yeah. Go to can YouTube. You can you take my headphones off for a second? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Yeah. So basically, I'll speak a little bit louder. Like if you're going to be standing up, um, you know, like my weight is like down straight to the floor. But if I'm going to shift my weight over to here, yeah. you know, my line goes from my chin all the way down. So now you're shifted on your left foot and right. the weight is between your chin <laughs> right, all the way to the bottom. What did you say? Oh, sorry. Sorry, you couldn't hear me. <laughs> no, 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 so no. first you're, you're normally distributed and then you shifted your weight onto your left foot and then the line from your chin goes down to the left. Yeah. 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 And, and uh, one last thing I'll, uh, I'll, I'll do well, a demo <laughs> for, for all the people watching uh, that I tend to point out a lot, um, is like the counterbalance. Like if you're going to like lean forward, you basically like your butt goes out when you lean forward. So if you're not going to have that in your, your CG character, if you don't pose that, it's going to look wrong. So if you're going to lean back, you know, your line goes this way, um, where, you know, your, your butt shoots up that way. So that, this kind of counterbalancing back and forward, leaning back and forward is a big thing to um, pay attention to. Yeah. And I think in all, it probably applies to stop motion, I'm sure, as well as any 2D thing. But it's obviously in CG, you have the ability to pose that 3D character. So yes, there is no, like, weighted, character that i know of unless it's in like unreal or whatever um but uh yeah it's just important to just pay attention to those things because even though like you're only seeing the character from like a your camera view um you could definitely tell if those things are off and i've been able to at least tell my students work that like okay let's open this up in your maya file let's look at in perspective okay mm -hmm. i see what's going on here feet aren't where they're supposed to be you know the character's like wailing back or wailing forward and you can just tell what those things are off. So okay, so like make sure you got the center of gravity pretty lined up, and then counterbalancing when you're leaning forward or back or reaching or something too. That makes sense. Yeah, it, I mean it seems like simple stuff, but then you know I I know what it's like when you're actually animating and you and you're like forget about this and you're like this character needs to reach over here, yeah. uh, in like five seconds and you're like yeah. you just have to bring him back. Yeah. So, yeah. No, that's that's some good tips. Yeah. Um, so tell me about Anim School. Like uh, you, you've been teaching for a couple of years now. Uh, it's been almost a year. I think. I think I started in uh, twenty, yeah, like October of last year. So September of last year. Um, yeah, and you so you, you had asked before what got me into teaching. So I guess I could answer that now. So um, 
yeah, I guess I was um, always interested in it, uh, in teaching, but I, I guess I just never either found the time. You know, I had young, young kids and um, I, you know, I just thought it'd be nice to like sort of give back, if you will. And, um, but I was also trying to pursue more of the, like I said, like those like lead and supervisory roles. So I felt like teaching would be like a good four way, uh, or, or what's the word? Lead, I don't know, step, step, leeway, yeah, step into that, um, into that world of just like, giving feedback to others and uh, again, directing air quotes, if you will. Um, so uh, yeah, you know, and, and I learned a lot from it. It was, you know, a little intimidating at first, um, you know, just having students who, you know, are putting all their trust in you and everything, but I think that's normal. Uh, and then, um, yeah, it's been really great ever since I've been doing it for almost a year and I'm teaching an Adam school right now, class five character performance. I think I'm on like my fourth or fifth class. I have like nine students now that are from all over the world and, Oh, wow. different, different experience. It's um, a pretty small class. Like that's, that's, uh, is that typical? Uh, I, I mean, for this school is, I think even like when I was an animation mentor was too. And I feel like most of these schools try to keep the classes pretty small students. Just I think it's good to give like, um, you know, as much, uh, one-to-one feedback if you can, or nine to uh, one to nine or nine to one feedback in, in this instance. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it's not like a, like a lecture hall class in like a college where, yeah, yeah. you know, like you don't have that individual attention and, you know, there's reasons for that as well, but um, it's been great. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, teaching, I devised my own lectures and then basically every week there's like a critique class and then um, a lecture class. So um, yeah, I just, just guide the students crafting their first dialogue piece. Uh, they choose an audio clip and um, we just sort of, you know, they shoot video reference, come up with acting choices. We talk about it each week's like a new lesson on different principles of acting and eyes and brows and all that kind of stuff and mouth animation. And yeah, it's, uh, it's good. So at the end, you know, hopefully they come out with like a really polished piece as much as it can be in the end. It's like yeah. 10, 10 weeks, I think. So, um, goes by fast. <laughs> yeah. I, well, you've come full circle now, you know, you were yeah. that guy getting taught yeah. by people in the industry and now you're that guy in the industry teaching new stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 well, tell me you, you've hinted and talked about stop motion so much just tell me <laughs> what's going on what's going on with stop motion for you <laughs> uh no it's um i'm not hinting i'm just like it's part of the conversation um i i uh i don't know there's something about it that has just piqued my interest so basically the way that it sort of came to be more of a um i guess a real or a realistic thing for me that i've pursued uh, from a hobby standpoint at least is um uh, basically when we were working on our last production, we had some downtime at the studio blue sky and we had this time where it was like, okay, you know, let's sort of do like independent studies, um, and just pick anything, you know, but it has to be related to like your field. Like, so whether it was like acting or if you wanted to do take some acting online lessons or figure drawing or whatever. And so this is quote unquote sponsored by blue sky. Uh, it's not really like they didn't pay for anything. But they were like, they were it was like, just like, it was just basically like you have this, time you know just like make some good use of it you know to like okay. strengthen your craft essentially nice um so um i thought maybe i was just gonna just uh, just try to get better at like some facial animation stuff or just you know do another test shot with one of the characters that we had um but i was talking to some of my friends and i've always had an interest in it and like little things on the side here and there but um uh they two of two of the other guys they were like oh like yeah we want to do stop motion animation and i said yeah me too um so i had like a sticky bones character um and uh i brought that into work 
and we basically, I think I forget how long it was over, maybe like three months or something. Um, we sort of each just decided to like follow this little curriculum where we started with like a bouncing ball. Um, and uh, then I basically took the sticky bones apart. I, I did a bouncing ball, I did like a heavy ball. Um, this is all like my Instagram, if anyone wants to see it. Um, and then uh, I took the sticky bones apart and just made like a, the hips with the legs. And then just like, like a little walk cycle, which I was talking to some other stop motion guys on Instagram. Uh, I don't know if I talked, I talked to you back then, but um, I was talking to like Justin Rash and like Kevin Perry, um, which I'm sure you, you know well. And um, they were giving me some tips about the whole like rehearsal and the pop throughs and everything. And I was like, oh my God, that's like insane. You guys do this three times. Um, but I did like my first like walk cycle, like, uh, like as a pop through. And then I did it, I think on twos and I did it on ones. And I was like, holy crap, like this is insane but cool um and then uh yeah i did some other just like full body stuff and then like some paper cutout stuff and yeah just i just sort of became like hooked on it because <laughs> to me the reason why i really wanted to pursue it in the end at least uh, the hobby or whatever was uh just to get that tangibility of touching what i'm animating because like there is an intangibility in, in cg you know like these characters are living on your screen and that's great and all but you can't like reach in there and i we were also at the time i had a friend at blue sky who was um pursuing like vr and uh, i was talking about that i even tried that out a little bit and i was liking that i don't have a vr headset or anything at home but um that's something was what i appealed to me as well and there is like a program out there I think called maori i'm not sure but i think you can like um animate in maya with a vr headset um so i was like that could be really cool but also a little weird you know um but that was all just part of like just one to like reach in touch the character and so yeah with some motion that's what i did so um i don't know like as you can see behind me and i people in podcasts i can't say but i have like all these toys that i collected over the years so i feel like i just always wanted to like i don't know there's just something about holding these things and just like wanting to move them and that like i not many of them are very super articulated like i just got some back to the future ones i was like oh maybe i'll animate those but um I, uh, yeah, I just always wanted to just do that. And, um, yeah, I just, I learned, I was just talking again to like Justin and Kevin and yourself. And, um, I know there's like a lot of more schools out now that are like, um, online stuff that are pursuing, uh, teaching these classes. So you know, I've looked into that a little bit, um, timing wise, I don't think it's been working out, but, um, yeah. And then over the pandemic, um, past year, I had done some things where I had a friend who, uh, created a short film called spread the love, which was, Similar, I think, what Leica uh, did in terms of the style. Um, they did like it was very beginning of the pandemic, and it was like characters like coming to the screen, like punching something, and then the screen wiped, and like character reacted, it got flipped back. So it was me and like I don't know, maybe like twelve or fourteen other animators or something, and we all did like something similar, not like punching, but it was like something coming to screen and then like getting sent away from screen. So uh, I had one of the director of the film, Jess. She had reached out to me um, and said like, "Hey." Uh, you know, you're interested in participating in this, like, and I've been seeing you doing stop motion. Um, so I was like, yeah, sure. And I, you know, I didn't have like so much time in the world, but like, I wanted to do something like really cool. So I, I mean, I hadn't really done much with clay at that point. Um, so I basically took like, a, it, was, it was like a heart related thing, like with love. And so I took like uh, eight or nine clay balls and basically like had them drop from camera view um and uh basically had them like blend into each other and then like his heart sort of like pumped and then you know shot out into screen and that was like a big learning experience i think i did it like in one night but um you know i, I planned for it i actually 
blocked it out in Maya first. Um, so, um, <laughs> which might've been cheating, but uh, I don't know. I mean, it was, it was a part of the planning process. And I know like in TV, you guys just like, you just go, um, which I can, I boggles my mind. But um, uh, yeah, so I, like, I did Spheres of Maya and like I timed it out to the soundtrack and or I don't know if we had a soundtrack back then. And I just like created a heart um, or I got like a, a TIFF or a PNG of one. Uh, and then just like brought it into Maya and had it come in. And then I sort of like laid that out in Dragon Frame. I was learning, I have already known Dragon Frame from my uh, stuff, time at Blue Sky with it at that point. And uh, yeah. And um, then for Mother's Day, I created this um, thing for my wife um, where I basically recorded my kids saying, Happy Mother's Day, mommy. Uh, we love you. And um, I created like little clay versions of them. Uh, yeah, it's really cute. <laughs> I don't know if you saw it. Do you, uh, do you feel like, working in stop motion very even very briefly has changed how you work in cg at all so you said you wanted to get something that was tangible and and it sounds like you're learning different methods of animating as well because it stop motion is very different than you know pose to pose and yeah you totally. can only do it once <laughs> yeah yeah i know um so it's funny that's a question that i was was asking uh a bunch of the stop motion people that i was reaching out to um Cause I was like, yeah, I mean, this must like help you. I know like Justin, like he uh, works at like Blizzard and- um, Yeah, he's uh, he's like goes back and forth. Yeah, he's like a monster. And, like, yeah, Crazy. Justin, if you're listening, you know how much I respect you. I've told you like a million times. <laughs> um, so um, yeah, I, I think I had asked him, him that a bunch of times and I don't remember what he said. I, I, I think he said definitely has influenced him. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I feel like anything that it did for me is it made me think of things and more, I mean, I've always paid attention to the 3D space and like that perspective uh view of the character um but it definitely made me more aware of like definitely the way the character looks in 3d space like the balance stuff that i was talking about earlier and then yeah i feel like it's given me more sense of like a little bit of a flow of being able to understand where things need to be on the next frame i mean i'm not working like i mean i still work on like when i block things out at least in maya it's like on fours at the least before i start like breaking it down or before i start splining um, so I think in that sense, like it's given me more sense, like, okay, I know this arm or leg or whatever needs to be on in this position for this frame based on some of the limited stuff that I've done with stop motion. Um, and then vice versa. Um, yeah, I, I think it's given me, I mean, I feel like that's what I wanted to ask you about. Cause I feel like one thing that I've struggled a little bit with, um, stop motion is just making sure that the character is fully balanced at all times. Cause like, yes, the first pose that I create the character in. I'm like, okay, is the character balanced? I'm like, I'll look at it from all angles. But like when you're when you're posing your characters, I mean, you're working very fast. Are you like, and again, I know it has to look great from camera, but are you conscious of the balance of the character in that 3D space? Like, is that something that you're... Um, that, that's something I've never really thought of. I mean, like from, I don't know how to answer the characters this. characters lean back too far. I mean, obviously it'll look weird. You might I mean, bring them forward, but like totally. I mean, my experience with like the TV show that I was just working on, Ultra City Smiths, it's like there's a there's like what the director tells you, there's how you act it out, and then there's like how you perceive it in your mind, and then when you actually get to the character, it's like okay, these are the limitations of what this puppet can actually do in this moment. Um, and I think when it comes to balance, like if, if for instance, like I can think of a time where I had to make a character like twirl around a pole and ended up having to give him like a whole bunch of extra steps because it just, he just, he just was like swinging too low and it didn't make it, his like, didn't, the physics didn't make sense. So then like mm -hmm. in that moment, I'm like, <laughs> it worked in the pop through because I'm just, yeah. 
just putting him around a pole, but like in actually animating him at 24 frames per second, it, I have to actually like uh, refigure out physics in the moment, I guess. So there's often times where like, I'll have a character reach and then it turns out that it looks, they're like leaning too far and I have to give them an extra step. So now they have to step forward Yeah. or they're like, uh lifting something and like sometimes you can't even push their butt back because you know there's something in the way you can't move or the rig doesn't go that way so you end up hiding hiding things and like using force perspective like i've definitely had a character pick up something and like bring it to his hat like okay uh, one instance was a character had to tip his hat but his like arm wouldn't go that way and so I had to just to like use force perspective to have the hand just like, if you change the view, his hand isn't even near his hat. It's like yeah. in front, but from the camera's view, it looks like he's holding his hat yeah. and it's not actually not. He that was okay. That was okay with lighting. That, <laughs> that was okay with lighting too. Yeah, it worked. I mean, it's, it's like, I feel like you're just, every frame is, problem solving when it comes to balance specifically you know you're you're helped a little bit by gravity because mm-hmm. gravity will dictate but yeah. also your character's tied down too so i haven't i don't know if i've been experienced enough to have to deal with this too much mm-hmm. um yeah it could be just because i'm not as experienced in it i mean i, I did like a gumby uh, <laughs> thing also where it was like a short that we did at work and um as part of like our downtime and i just remember and it even shows in my my animation but like like he just slowly just keeps on like leaning to the right and, oh, yeah. and i'm just oh, like oh well I hope clay, clay is the worst for that but yeah. I, I almost feel like there's a lot of forgiveness in stop motion specifically yeah. when it comes to physics and reality because in cg you're trying to especially with like feature films you're trying to replicate physics to yeah. a t um in in like the world that you're creating because you don't want to have characters feel floaty but in stop motion you know some some of my walk cycles feel really floaty because i wasn't able to get that like proper hip movement but i i think what happens is when somebody's watching it they're just like holy crap these puppets are alive you know yeah yeah no yeah i definitely feel you yeah and and i haven't worked at leica either because leica would you know that doesn't fly it at Leica for creating real, they want to create like real physics. So yeah, yeah, I know. Awesome stuff. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's been a fun thing to do. I mean, I haven't lately had as much time for it as I've wanted because of my new job that I started. But um, where do you want to where do you want to go with stop motion? Like, is this something you want to keep picking up? Like, is it helping for your current job? Are you going to become uh, like a stop motion <laughs> animator? Are you? No, I I mean, gonna make your my... wife more Mother's Day <laughs> videos. Yeah. Well, it's funny. This past Mother's Day, I was like. I could make you another stop motion thing. And she's like, oh. I mean, that was nice. Uh, and she, she loved it. Um, no, I don't know. I, I definitely feel like it's something that I'd like to just pursue more on the side. Um, I don't know if I can make it as a full-time career, just like, like you know, living situation and everything. But um, I, uh, you know, when, when we had the, let the, when we got close, that I got closed down, um, you know, I did have, again, I was like just applying everywhere. Um, and then there was someone who reached out, um, who had a contact with Matt Seinreich, that was his last name, right? Um, at, uh, at, at Robot Chicken. Um, and he had, he had visited the studio with Seth Green like years back um, for something else. And I had uh, sort of just got his contact information. And I had, you know, we were sort of in touch through like Twitter over the years. And um, anyway, so she was like 
friendly with him, I think through development. And um, she's like, oh, hey, you know, if anyone does like stop motion, like, you know, uh, reach out to, you know, Matt and whatever. So I like, I don't know, just because I was just like, okay, why not? I just like sent my uh, my stop motion reel, which I don't know if it was like a reel. It's just like exercises or little fun things that I've done. Um, and uh, and I sent along my CG reel as well, because I was like, but this is what I, this is how I can animate, but maybe not in, in stop motion yet. I don't know. Um, and uh, but yeah, I, I had I was in touch with someone from the department there and um, it didn't go anywhere in the end, but it was sort of like, um, like could you possibly be out here at a certain time? And it, 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 I didn't end up so say, say they would have been like, hey, love your reel. We have an opening for like a junior stop motion animator next month. What would you have done? I mean, I, I had a conversation with my wife about it and I said like, you know, this is something that I would, if it works out um, and that things just pan out different ways, I, I just said like, this is something that I'd like to do. Um, so quit your job. Well, no, 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 no. I mean, I don't know if I would, because again, I didn't have a job. At that I ate your, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at that point I didn't have a job. So I was like. So what I, if they, what if they call you back? So you said something didn't work out. What if they, I, I mean, I don't know. You don't have to answer this, but what if they call you back tomorrow and they're like, hey, we have a, a four month contract. Would yeah, you like I, to come? I, I think it would. I don't. I don't know. That's our question. Is I'm employed currently, so I, <laughs> yeah. uh, no. I love where I work right now, um, and uh, no, it, it'd be tempting, of course, uh, yeah, just, yeah, uh, yeah. to animate in, in, in stop motion just to get my feet wet in it. But I think maybe at some point down the road, um, you know, I definitely. What uh, if they said you can work with Terry? I though. Well, well, then okay, okay. Just, <laughs> uh, no, but I mean, I think you know, I'm in a good spot where I am now, and I'm yeah. really enjoying it. Um, and uh, the people are really nice and the projects are cool. And um, no, I, I think it's definitely something that I'd like to pursue again more on, on the- um, Yeah, on the I think it's super cool that, you know, you're a full-time CG animator and has a hobby as a yeah. stop, stop motion animator. That's like, yeah. that seems like a lot of work to me. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, and look, I mean, I give you guys like a ton of credit. I mean, I like my whole Instagram following, follow, people that I follow is all, stop motion people and like i just like i just am amazed by what you guys do the time that you do it in and um yeah it's just incredible so um i know it's it's hard it's totally hard and when i do it like on the side and i'm like i have some time to do it i'm just like oh hard but it's so cool and yeah, yeah. but it all it can also be super easy like you film those little those um little balls turning into a heart in one night like it's no yeah. problem to get your camera just recording and take whatever you've got available and just animate something really quickly. Like it doesn't have yeah. to be a whole production. Yeah. I actually used my kids as a, I animated my kids last, <laughs> last year, like just with uh, my iPhone, like stop motion studio, whatever. And yeah, it's like anything around the house. Yeah. You can do whatever. Yeah. Uh, that, that's definitely what's cool about it. Um, it's fun. So do you feel like you've reached a, a, just coming full circle with the chat, I guess, do you feel like you've reached a point of stability that you're going to stick with for a, a while now after this kind of, you know, you studied really hard to get in. Then you had a great tenure at Blue Sky. Then you had a big hiccup, and now you're back. You know, in the swing of things, potentially seeking like supervisory roles, and you're also teaching on the side. Yeah, I mean, I feel like things are stable now. I mean, you never know. I mean, um, I've been at Illumination for almost a little over two months, and it's been yeah. great so far. And I'm, you know, have a, definitely some time ahead of me there. Um, you know, I hope it works out. I mean, we're in a new world right now where. Uh, we're COVID has allowed for uh, remote work and I know it's existed before, um, but I think it's becoming more accepting. Um, you know, I mean, 
I just hope studios in general tend, uh, you know, see the benefit of it, just being able to like get a wider talent pool from anywhere in the world. I mean, look, do I miss being a studio with my friends and the creative environment that I had with the cool cubicles that we had and people running around on scooters and all that kind of stuff or scootering around on scooters? Like, yeah, I mean, but I mean, I've also been away from that for like over like a year and a half now. And I'm, I mean, you can run around a scooter around your office at home, yes. like nobody's stopping yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> but no one right over here. So. <laughs> Which my stop motion table is resting on right now, so it's not getting much use. Um, no, I feel I feel good where I am right now. I feel like I learned a lot throughout the time that um, you know, from the studio closure to the interview process to landing on my feet, and uh, yeah, I feel like things are headed in, in a good way. I feel like there's there's a lot out there, and nice. uh, I'm excited to see where it goes. And yeah, I mean, Illumination's awesome, so uh, we'll see. Hopefully, that works out. Well, that's really good to hear. Um, maybe as we're like wrapping up, is there any anything that you specifically wanted to share or even ask, I guess, of yeah. me? I think, um, I now that you can ask that because you asked that at the end of every uh, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You're um, scared. Yeah, no, so you actually just mentioned before is that with um, your stop motion stuff that you do, um, you, you have the chance to do pop throughs? It, I heard that TV so the show that I was just on, it depends on how complicated the shot was, because sometimes there is a very complicated like motion capture camera shot where like a camera is right. coming around a corner and like panning down a street and then going up. And then you and you have like, for instance, like I had that and then the character was also running around the corner and like bumps into somebody. Uh -huh. And so like to get the timing right for the motion capture camera and like the focus where it should be and everything you have to do a pop through you know mm -hmm. by frame 80 they should be here by frame 200 i expect them to be here and then the camera guy comes in and sets the focus marks so sometimes you have the opportunity to do a pop through but like on 95 percent of my shots you just go right into it and you for for me like especially with walk cycles i usually need to take about 30 frames and then delete yeah. them just to figure <laughs> out yeah how these characters are are moving um, what the quirks are, you know, what, how they interact with the space, because you're just like with stop motion, you can't, once you animate something, you can't go back at all. So yeah. for my process, I usually just, uh, like act it out a little bit, mm -hmm. try to do a pop through of maybe 30 frames if I'm lucky and I have the time, mm -hmm. uh, delete them and then start over again. Yeah. But like 95% of the time you just, you know, character has to do this in this scene and you just, you just go for it and, mm -hmm. Hope for the best. <laughs> yeah, and you just, it's just sort of like a feeling as you're going. Yeah, you but I actually didn't learn even what a pop through was until halfway through making my short, The Silly Duck Wizard, when I, Dale yeah. um, uh, Hayward, sorry, yes, yeah. thank you. <laughs> he randomly came to Toronto and I had made a connection with him before and he was like, hey, I'm coming to Toronto. So I just like grabbed lunch with him and I was showing him some of the shots and I was like, it's so tough. I've had to redo this like, 10 times because I don't really know where he's it was like the intro of him jumping in because I'm like I don't know where he's gonna land and he lands yeah. somewhere different each time he's like do a pop through and that like blew my mind because in my yeah. mind I'm like why on earth would I animate something just to not just to not just to throw this away and animate I know it? that's like the, the the interesting thing about it because when I like sometimes like at least recently when I wanted to do something I'm like I don't want to just like go in there because I don't want to like it to like suck and have to like redo it but like I know that's part yeah. of like, the experience and then I'm like but, you know, like for, for a pop through, I'm like, 
well, at least it'll, I'll have this planning and it's help. But then I'm like, oh, I just want to like animate the character and just do right. it. Right. It takes some of the fun out. Like yeah. I love yeah. animating straight ahead and just seeing what happens and like yeah. problem solving each frame. And yeah. also like, you know, pop throughs wear and tear on the character. You might break something that you now you have to go and fix it or whatever. So, but yeah. I ended up doing pop throughs on the rest of the Silly Duck Wizard. And, and I was yeah. like, well, this is a way better way of animating that I never yeah. thought of on my own. Yeah. That's um, an amazing short, by the way. That's how I found out about you before the podcast, even because I saw your short. And I'm like, whoa, this is so cool. And, <laughs> well, hello, and, thank you. Yeah. And even your uh, thing you did recently with the storybook, uh, I don't know, it was a commercial for something that you did. Oh, or... it, was, uh, it, was, it was for a show called Let's Go Luna. It's... Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's, yeah. I know that my kids watch that. Uh, and you know, that was awesome. Yeah, you mentioned the camera thing before about the, the motion capture camera, whatever it is. Like, I was watching Modoc recently, and like, they have that right. It's like a moving yeah. camera. Yeah, I thought that I thought that was done in post. That that's, no, it's that's all crazy. it's it's a very tedious, it's an even more tedious way to animate. For instance, because like normally you take a a frame and you click drag and frame enter, yeah. and it takes a shot. But with the motion camera, you actually you know you take your frame, then you have to wait for the camera to like do its thing and then reposition itself and do backlash and then take the picture and and then also it's harder to animate because you can't tell exactly like your movement from one frame to the next because the camera is also moving so something so you have to just kind of trust the process for instance like i learned um if the camera's moving and i'm having a character walk i shouldn't like look at the screen and figure out where they're walking based on the screen because the character is moving too. And then they'll end up uh, walking kind of a little bit janky because that you're trying to keep up with the camera versus like just kind of using my own intuition, like not animating blind, but just animating without thinking of the camera movement, how I would have them move forward anyways, mm-hmm. so that it appears more like they're walking at a more natural pace rather than like walking at the pace that trying to keep up with the camera, if that makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, you're not using like a, a what's a gauge, a wire gauge or the- I mean, yeah, I was using, uh, there are a lot of shots where I was using a gauge specifically yeah. because normally I would just draw on the, like Dragon Frame has like tools where you can draw yeah. on the screen and like space out your stuff that way. But you can't do that when the camera's moving as well because then the spacing is all off. Yeah. The camera's moving at, you know, increasing speed or slowing speed and then your walk is all off too yeah that's so it, it's like a it was it was like every and also like when the camera is moving uh and specifically walk cycles like i'd actually have to take a measuring tape and like space out each frame movement like i remember there was um there was this character on a walking rig and i had to move them like uh 1.5 millimeters every frame to like keep up with the camera so it's like you're animating naturally but then also sliding this character like 1.5 millimeter it's like yeah. it's very mathematical <laughs> yeah i don't even think i'd be able to do that because we don't use uh, the metric system in the u.s i'd be like inches or maybe yeah, well inches whatever just <laughs> measure over I, the other I, side. I know, i'm kidding <laughs> uh, that's awesome yeah when i saw the, the modoc thing i was like whoa this is so different i've never seen this kind of camera movement before and then to find out that it wasn't done in post like yeah no it, it's so cool though like you have the in the the rig is like i don't know the size of uh two desks like it's like weighted down and it's on these yeah. giant arms and it's got all these motors and it's like it's it's uh, very complicated and intimidating every time I'm on a shot with a mo- motion camera, but it's also so cool because you're like, you know, you have a pan in over the set and it just looks great. Like, <laughs> yeah. well, I definitely like the 
go to a, like a stop motion studio and just, even just to, like watch and just like I know I know if I could watch an animator animate their shot in real time because it literally is a slow process. Well, wasn't, you could probably just go to like I don't know stupid buddy in Burbank and be like hi guys like if I'm ever in California what's up but you know COVID complicates that right now. Yeah, I know but that's why I enjoy like just watching like behind the scenes stuff and uh, it's just cool. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Any, anything else that you wanted to ask me or share yourself? Uh, no, nothing else not that I could think of. Um, if I do, I'll just message you. But, uh, sure, yeah. <laughs> but thank well, you so much. This has um, been really awesome. And I think, and I'm, I know we didn't talk about this, but you mentioned this before in your podcast, the fact that you made such a big career change after you know, business and everything and doing stop motion and you're so good at it. And like, I mean, your future is... I'm sure very bright. Uh, oh my gosh, you're making yeah, me give you, here. <laughs> I give you lots of credit for doing that. Um, and yeah, thanks again for doing this awesome podcast. Because I mean, like I said, like I listened to a bunch of them and I've learned a lot from a bunch of people um, from various parts of the industry, industries. And um, it's been great. So thank you for having well, me. Thank, and thank, and keep thank doing you it. so much for saying that. It means a lot to me. It makes me really happy that you've listened and learned from this podcast as well. Like that's like one of the really cool things I love about this podcast is just how it connects people all over the world in animation. Like uh, people have emailed me from like, like from Egypt, for instance. I know I listened to that one. Like, Dina, that's how she was on yeah. the podcast. She emailed me and she's like, I listened to this and it's helped me start my own studio. And it's like, let's talk about it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Your stuff is um, incredible too. So yeah. Great. And I, I love, I absolutely love, uh, you know, connecting with people like yourself and hearing your career journeys too, because it's given me, like I started this podcast before I had done really anything in animation. Like I just, I just had put together a portfolio to go to Sheridan College. And then like a month later, I was at a conference being like, I don't know anybody. I have nothing to show. I want to connect with people. And like hearing career journeys like yourselves and like the skills you learn has given me so much confidence in pursuing the things that I have done. So like, I don't know if I would have, I would be where I am now without this pod. Well, for sure I wouldn't because the podcast, some connections I made on it directly <laughs> led to me getting work so i'm sure you would have been all right man. there's that too but uh i'm so happy that you found this is this podcast useful and, and yeah, thank no, you so great. much for coming on as well like i've, yeah. I've loved chatting and uh you know i've been following you on instagram and i think it's really cool what you're doing in stop motion as well as in cg and i've been seeing you know you're like you posted your old demo reel on it and i saw it oh, on linkedin God. i think or maybe uh, it's facebook well, facebook yeah i don't want to and, and uh it's just cool to see how far people have come and and such yeah. as yourself like you're doing real cool stuff these days so thanks yeah thank i so hope much. to have some more uh stop motion stuff on there soon yeah yeah after, especially after this chat it's inspired me because i want to get back in there so yeah please uh, you already showed me your little setup so now i need to see you yeah. uh make something tonight after you're done uh, Yes. <laughs> I will animate this whole podcast. Yeah. Know. Oh, please. If you do, well, I'll talk to you. it'll come out in a year, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, thank you so much. And if you're listening and you want to, you know, follow or get in touch with Justin, you can do so best by contacting him through Instagram, which is JWEG, or Twitter, which is Justin Wegg. Um, and I'll include links to both of those places in the description of this chat. And thank you so much for listening. That's all for now. Okay. Bye. <laughs>